Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Star Sound Speaks. This is your host, Irliana Samsara. Oh my goodness, it's episode 117. How did I do that? I don't know. Anyway, I'm really excited today because, not just because it's Leo season, of course, right? But I have an outrageous guest. Our guest today is Alice Sparkly Cat. Um, and I just, just saying your name, Alice, I get chills. <laughs> so we're going to be in for a, a, a really cool conversation. Um, and as you guys know, I, I always try to bring you, you know, different aspects of astrology and different people that, you know, bring a lot to, to show us, you know, how vast this subject is. And so I, um, I, uh, thanks to Demetrius Begley, mwah, 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 Demetrius, yay, you know, who, who's been on, as, as you guys know, um, and um, thanks to him, I, I met Alice, and uh, she agreed to do an interview, so welcome, Alice, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me, it's great to be here, it's good to meet you, happy leave season, congrats on 116 episodes, too, wow. Oh, God, I know, <laughs> Mercury and Virgo, do you think? No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the opposite of Mercury and Pisces. Oh, Merc oh, no wonder you wrote this mystical book. Oh, my goodness. Well, that explains everything, or at least some. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, um, a little bit about Alice. Okay. Um, Alice is um, obviously an astrologer. Uh, they use astrology to rechart. This is what I want you to know they, to rechart. All right. So, are you all right? Everybody, like, let this in. They use astrology to rechart a history of the subconscious, redefine the body in the world, and reimagine history as a collective memory. Their astrological work has inhabited MoMA, which is, for those of you who are not New Yorkers, the Museum of Modern Art, one of the world's great art museums, uh, the Philadelphia Museum of Art, another world-class museum, and the Brooklyn Museum, another world, three, right? Uh, they're the author of Post-Colonial Astrology, which just came out May 2021. Uh, they've written other books, um, but this, this one is a, this is a biggie. Um, you know, in the world of, honestly, Alice, you know, in the world of astrology books, you know, I was just saying to Alice before we got on, like, this is not your mother's astrology book. This is not your father's astrology book. Obviously, what I just said is that that just her little their little introduction um, is uh, just mind blowing. Like we're we're looking at astrology. You know, it's as if you arrived in a spaceship and you're like telling us about astrology, and it's like this whole other dimension that I don't think anybody has ever explored. So um, I'm gonna we're just gonna dig right in. Um, so before I, I always like Alice, I always like to ask people who are on the show, you know, how did you discover astrology? You know, how, what was that like for you? And then we'll ask you, you know, why did you write this book? So uh, yeah. go ahead, take it away. Sure, yeah. I mean, I got into astrology around 2015, 2014, like that kind of time period. Uh, and I mean, I think a lot of people find astrology when they're going through crisis. Uh, so I was going through some personal crisis, like it's too much to get into. But I was just, uh, I mean, I was really depressed. So it, like, I think, like, I got into it through Googling some things. Um, back then, there was like Yahoo Answers that was kind of uh, 
like where a lot of people are posting about astrology. There's some forums also. Uh, so I just got into it through that kind of world uh, and got deeper into it, started reading books about astrology. I would go to the Strand, go to East Village Books and just kind of like look for astrology books. They had some pretty big sections, actually. I went back and they their astrology section somehow shrank, uh, which is interesting because it's it's more popular now. Uh, and then so I'm like, oh, hey, maybe these books, like they're just not going to secondhand bookstores so much or something like that. Yeah, that's how I got. That's how I got into it. Yeah. Cool. So it was like you, like uh, you fell into the rabbit hole, and <laughs> as we all know, those of us who can't get enough. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Totally. Who yeah. needs the social life, right? <laughs> that's right, been right. that's been seven years. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it feels not so long. Yeah, time is definitely collapsing, I think. <laughs> and so you, um, you know, you see people, um, you mm -hmm. do sessions, you and you find time to write. So, you know, as you were, you, you probably started doing sessions or what, what came first, the sessions or the writing? Just curious. Uh, it was definitely the sessions, like working with people one-on-one. Uh, and then, I mean, it was just with my friends. It was with people I already knew kind of thing. Uh, but like, I feel like that's a big part of how I learned astrology too, is just talking about it with people, how people experience their charts, how people read their charts. Um, so yeah, that's a big part of it too. Wow. That's awesome. So um, in terms of, uh, I'm just curious, like why the book, like what prompted you, because you've written, you wrote uh, some really cool, everybody, all right, their website is Alice Sparkly Cat with a K sparklycat.com i'll put it in the chat box below but um there is a where you can of course order the book the, the newest book but you started writing really cool worksheets too but then you wrote some other things and then you wrote this book post-colonial astrology oh yeah yeah like i self-published two books uh it's like astrology and storytelling so that's where you take your natal chart and you try to create a piece of fiction from it it's really fun. It's just a workbook. Uh, yeah, there's planetary alignment for mental bliss. Where it's a bunch of worksheets that you can work through, it, like Jupiter return, Saturn returns, like things like that. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, basically, like I like the book post-colonial astrology came from the zine that I made about just tracing back the etymologies of the moon and Saturn. Uh, and then I like that became the book, like the those chapters, like they were extended, they were edited. Uh, and then we looked at the seven traditional archetypes in astrology, uh, like in post-colonial astrology. Uh, but it like it started from another book project. Is the when you said seven traditional planets, are you um, do you consider yourself uh, um, or did you study the traditional astrology? Is that kind of like the foundation of your work? I, I'm not a traditional astrologer, but the reason why we focus on the traditional planets is because, like, the modern planets, there's just, they haven't been used for long enough for me to really trace back anything. So that's why we focus on the seven uh, mm -hmm. traditional planets. Yeah, as we know, you, you can get plenty of uh, 
have plenty of everything through the seven. Uh, after 20 years of being a modern astrologer, I, mm -hmm. I enrolled in Achyuta Bhavadas's Nightlight mm -hmm. Astrology. And so I'm, mm -hmm. I'm in year one and two concurrently. And, you know, he's, he's very passionate about, you know, the, mm -hmm. that you don't even need the outers. You can really get everything you need to mm -hmm. know, like the ancients did, you know, through the seven. And, and that was a hard one for me to break, um, me being very stubborn. <laughs> but um, but I see the value of what, yeah, what you're saying. So you're, um, so so um, I'm going to um, just read a little, you know, from your website, the little blurb that you had about the book. Um, and sure. so... Um, as a matter of fact, I can even just, why don't I show it on the screen? And then that's even oh, cool. So let me pull that up and here it is. So it says about post, isn't that, I love the book cover by the way, post-colonial astrology, reading the planets through capital, power and labor. And it says that astrology is a language that millennials, Gen Zers and many others continue to build fluency in and look to inform their everyday lives, decisions and relationships. But so much more than a fad, astrology is an intersectional, political and magical language with a cross-cultural history that informs our relationships to the planets. According to Brooklyn-based astrologer, Alice Sparkly Cat, astrology is the ideal magical lens through which we can parse the harsh neoliberal and colonial systems of power that harm marginalized people. It's these very systems that misappropriate the language, symbols, and wisdom of the planets to prioritize self over the collective. <laughs> we could just stop there. <laughs> oh, thanks for reading that. Yeah, Ooh. you're welcome. You're an incredible writer. You're a writer and a visionary that just happens to be in like the in an astrology body, you know, but I mean, this is like so deep. And I, I, I feel so strongly the influence of the, well, certainly Pluto and Capricorn. And then last year, you must've written much of this book last year when we were going through, you know, oh, hell on yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wrote like two sections and then, well, yeah, I wrote like maybe one section and then the uh, conclusion last year during the pandemic. And wow. some of it was like kind of before the pandemic. Yeah, because I'm like, it's just so rich. And, you know, I think about last year, not just with the pandemic, but like George Floyd and Black Lives Matter. And, you know, we're seeing this deconstruction, you know, Pluto doing its thing, deconstructing. The USA is in the, um, in its, it's at 20, it retrograded, Pluto retrograded, I think it was 26 degrees, 42 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, and I looked that up and I, mm -hmm. it's interesting because that is the the very degree of where we had the Battle of Lexington and Concord in 1775. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what's yes. the battle? Yeah. Yeah, the first battle of the of the revolution was, was oh. that battle. Oh, and I then, see. And that's where Pluto is right now. And But it's in retrograde, so it's like, looking back you know looking forward um you know purging and purging and purging and yeah all that toxicity coming up so i yeah i can see how that would have influenced your writing but um i know i just want to hear from you more about you know about all of it i just it's so deep i mean just reading your introduction i was like i have never read an introduction like that i was flabbergasted i, I couldn't even Ooh. i mean one paragraph it's like you could just meditate on that for like days you know mm -hmm. 
it's Thanks. really deep. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And what kind of started the book was like all these questions from community. So I think there's a lot of people working with astrology, uh, like in a similar way as me, uh, like, you know, just kind of all these questions around like, hey, like what's Western astrology? Why is it Western? Like, um, you know, people are kind of debating like tropical astrology, Siberia all the time. Uh, people are like really kind of wondering like, you know, if we're using this climate-based astrology, what's happening with climate change? Uh, yeah, so I feel like like a lot of people are, who are doing astrology like practitioners like they're really interested in these questions too yeah um and the um how i'm just curious like how do we decode you know because we're so in it it's like yeah we're finally the fish has been swimming in dirty water for hundreds of years and we're finally realizing hey you know what this water's dirty you know <laughs> that we didn't we're finally waking up and but like you were saying, you know, we're still in it. We're, we're post-colonial, but we're still dealing with colonialism. You know, it, yeah, it's collapsing. And, um, you know, how do we, because we, we've been so inundated and, you know, it's been so uh, much a part of us unconsciously, how do we decode the planets from a post-colonial perspective? I'm just, I'd love to hear more about that. I mean, I think it's just about limiting like what Western astrology can talk about. Cause it's like, it's really useful for talking about pain. It's really useful to, for talking about how our identities are shaped by the West. Uh, but it's like, it, yeah, it doesn't, it's not universal. It doesn't talk about everything. Um, so I think that we can really use Western astrology to talk about the West. What's our relationships to it? How can we help be held accountable to it? How, uh, yeah, how do we change it? Uh, in post-colonialism, like, it's just like a vision, actually. It's, it tries to imagine that the world can be post-colonialism. Uh, yeah, it's not something that's happened yet. It's like, it's just a way of imagining the future. Uh, like, that's kind of what post-colonialism is about. For, yeah, for you. And what do you see as possible with, with um, and where we're free of this toxicity, you know, all of the hundreds and hundreds of years? I mean, I remember that when Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto lined up at, what was it, 12 degrees, uh, well, well, Saturn, Pluto lined up at 12 degrees of Capricorn on January 12th of year, right, year, and it's been over a year and a half now, and um, that was, um, and with the south node there in Capricorn, like, we haven't, we hadn't seen that since 1517, and so in history, you know, we look back, well, the Maya, the Spanish destroyed the Maya, like, there's all that colonialist you know it really got stepped up and you know it's just been a hellacious you know ride um so yeah so he and then you know here you come and you're like okay uh <laughs> let's just take this off and um and then start imagining instead of just fighting like what's you know what are we getting rid of but then what are we embracing when when we when pluto purges us from all this toxicity and colonialist toxicity you know what's left yeah i don't know yeah because it's like i mean we have the same relationships we do now also uh i mean and what i mean by that is i think that like sometimes we're like hey let's just get rid of colonialism it like how it's imagined in movies or something it's like oh it's going to be this big violent catharsis and then we'll 
start from ground zero or something, but I don't think it really works like that. Like, uh, yeah, it's about kind of like remaking the world that we have now and answering to that world. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, and, and it said um, on your, uh, I like this also on your page, um, this is not a learn your sun sign introductory guide. Oh, hell no, <laughs> as we have seen from, from those, those few words um, in the introduction. Um, this book is like you said, it's a, it's a history and a toolkit. So it's, it's not just talking about it. It's like where you, what I love is that people can actually engage and use this book mm -hmm. and like get in there with themselves. And, oh, and uh, I, yeah, that was important to me because the book is written for astrologers. It's, it, it's not for people who are like trying to like have a history of astrology or anything. It's for astrologers who practice astrology. Uh, nice. and, I mean, yeah, it's not like, you know, it's not about sun signs, which I think sun sign astrology is really useful for some things, but like, uh, there's nothing technical in the book too. So if you're new to astrology, like it's, it's accessible to you. Yeah. So it's new to it. So people who are just delving in, it's giving mm -hmm. them, uh, you know, this, this whole new lens with which to see astrology. This is, this is just so huge. And I, I feel this book is just so, you know, honestly, I know it might sound bombastic to say this, but I thought about Richard Tarnas's book, Cosmos and Psyche. Uh, for those of you who are new to astrology, this book, as soon as it was published in around 2006, it was considered a classic. And yes, it's a very important book to read if you're getting more and more into astrology. Uh, and it's also great to give intellectual friends who poo-poo astrology, <laughs> but um, I honestly, Alice, I think, I feel that your book is, is like in that category, that it's, it, it's oh my that. God, that's such a compliment. It, it, no, real. I, I feel emotional saying it, it is that important. Mm -hmm. Wow. I feel like Leos are so good at compliments. I'm like, oh, <laughs> but, it, but it's true. I mean, it really is. I, I just get chills. Like, thank you. Yeah, it's. I mean, and then the other thing I want to ask you is when you talked in the book, um, you said in one chapter you are uh, you talk about the disparate cultural applications of the planet Saturn. You know, the, like, let's talk about because Saturn has been such a huge player, you know, and it still is right. It's still in its in, in Aquarius traditional yeah. astrology. Saturn is also, you know, rules Aquarius as well. Yeah. So Saturn's not done with us yet with all this huge reset. Mm -hmm. So why don't we just spend a little time talking about that? The, sure. you know, the planet Saturn and how does this play into to everything? Yeah, yeah. Because like Saturn was the one I started with. So I was really interested in Saturn because I mean, I have an angular Saturn. And then so, uh, yeah, I was just interested in the planet. Uh, and then it's so dual, like there's a duality to Saturn. Uh, it's, I mean, you know, it's thought of as a, both a father and a son. Uh, it's the son of Uranus, the father of Jupiter, things like that. But um, yeah, and it's, I mean, there's just so much contradiction in Saturn. It's, associated with uh and this is from uh like i can't remember it's from it's from this book called like saturn's melancholy or something it's associated with like low-born people and also the elites um so there's like there's so much duality just in terms of what's talking about like so i was exploring saturn's like i mean what is it trying to say uh so it's a little bit about class but it's really about land because like Saturn, it really parallels the moon, which is about like 
just the borders, like kind of boundaries. So like Saturn, it's like, it's so much about citizenship actually. Yeah, yeah, it is. And and also the qualities of Saturn. Like you were saying that it's been, um, you know, there's been political agendas and, you know, and there's been misuse and abuse of power and and how that intimately is connected with with well racism and capitalism and you know that's no that's no surprise we you know back in the what 50 years ago um i forget the name of the book but it was one of martin luther king's book and uh, books and um i remember taking it out of the library and reading it i'm like oh my god 50 years have passed and we're still talking about this stuff but um but he identified how you know racism and capitalism are intertwined and mm -hmm. and it really you know he made a he laid out a really profound case for that and um i never forgot that so i mm. i'm just thinking about that's just what's coming to mind for me right now mm. yeah yeah i feel like the luminaries the sun and moon and Saturn, like they they actually talk a lot about class they actually talk a lot about money how do they talk about money how do you how do you see that like the sun oh. we'll just start with the sun and the moon and then we can yeah because yeah. the sun and the moon like they're about gold and silver uh so like on one hand, like you have gold, which is this like, you know, this substance is this metal that uh, like kind of accumulates value through hoarding. It, gold's not really circulated. It's kind of like hoarded by the church, by kings, given as gifts sometimes. Uh, a lot of the gold that we have, it was mined out of South Africa. And it's reburied back into the ground in these financial capitals like New York and London. Uh, and then silver is very different. Like silver accumulates value through circulation. So then it's associated with foreigners sometimes. It's associated, it's like, yeah, it's a different type of money. I never thought of it like that. Oh my God, you are so brilliant. I'm just, I'm just so blown away. Yeah. Wow, that is so cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. And I was just researching like, yeah, gold and silver. Like oh man, like yeah, they actually work really differently. Yeah, and and it's I know what we've been studying in ancient astrology is that the sun represents the solar principles, like the unchanging conditions of life. You know the things that that maintain constancy, mm -hmm. and like you said about gold, like physical gold being, mm -hmm. you know, kings and such, and yeah. governments and keeping it in you know locked up in banks and. And it's unchanging. It's like, it's, but then silver circulates through, you know, mm -hmm. well, in the old days, of course, people had silver dollars in their, in their pocket, mm -hmm. and, but it, it moves and circulates just like the moon yeah. is, is ever changing. So yeah. I'll never, I'm never going to look at the sun and the moon again, the same way mm -hmm. you said that. That is so cool. Tell us oh. more. Keep going. I want to hear, I don't oh. want to talk. I want to hear you talk. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's currency, like that's the sun and moon, uh, but then there's Saturn too, which is not currency. Like Saturn's about the land, which is, uh, it's a whole other thing. It's a whole other way of, uh, keeping value. So like one thing that I found out is that it for uh, for the Romans like currency, it was like stands lesser value because foreigners could obtain currency. But land, it was this kind of special value. Um, and right. so, yeah, like there's a lot of, I mean, you know, these ideas, they're still with us. There's a lot of ideas from xenophobia and uh, like currency. There's a lot of anti-Semitic ideas around currency also. Uh, and then 
you know, there's ideas that we have around uh, like blood being connected to soil. Uh, so like these things, I'm like, whoa, like when we talk about Saturn representing what it does and we talk about the moon representing what it does, like, I mean, we're kind of reacting against those ideas too. Mm, yeah, yeah. I never thought about that. You said about blood and soil, mm -hmm. like linked. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow, 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 wow. That's mind blowing. I love that. And then you said too about, um, you know, there's like political agendas with, with Saturn, you know, then, then it's like there's political agendas that, that get in there and, and, um, and there's like all the, the power brokers and the capital interests. And, and I think of Saturn as like separation, you know, so it's like drawing these, you could say, I guess, class lines, divisions mm -hmm. of, of race and, you know, gender and demographics and such, I, you know, that's what sure. comes to mind for me, but. Right. And then I, I love when um, one of the things you said here was um, that we see this misappropriation of Saturn's wisdom embodied by the Jeffersonian vision of a white landowning state that mythologizes an imaginary agrarian golden age that perpetuated violence against marginalized bodies. Wow. Yeah, yeah, because I was looking at like Saturn in uh, just Roman poems, and it's like a satirical tool, the golden age. It's used to compare and contrast to like current day to criticize it. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, what kind of happened in, on this land is like, there's this like kind of I ideal of a self-sustaining farmer, like that idea is used to colonize the land. Um, and is still used to colonize the land. And I'm like, oh, whoa, like, you know, that's Saturn. It's, you know, it's changed a lot since the Roman times. It's used for very different purposes. Hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about that? That's fascinating. Yeah, I guess it's just like the way that role reversals have changed over time. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, like the way that like Saturn was celebrated it's so much about like people exchanging costumes it's the saturnalia um, right the the saturnalia. That, yeah. yeah that people uh in this country like just kind of like dress up as like racial others in costume like that's saturn too and it looks really different over here mm. yeah because if, if people who are in or members of marginalized communities you know how do they how do they deal with that? That's like been hoisted on them, this whole way of, yeah, that, that whole archetype and, and everything, like you said, in the Western world that it stood for. So, um, you know, what does one do with that, you know? And, yeah. and then how do they reinvent th that into something that's powerful that can like, you know, bring about a, a you know, communities of care as you, as you phrase that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with Saturn, like, it's helpful to know, like, uh, I mean, when I talk with clients about their Saturns, I talk about, like, role reversals, like, hey, like, you know, where are the conflicts that you anticipate and things like that. Conflict and role reversal. Wow. Yeah. And then gender, like, with Venus, you know, here we, we're halfway through, you know, Venus's, um, I'm sorry, Uranus in, um, in Venus's sign of Taurus. Mm -hmm. And um, that is like all the 
all the great, you know, Uranus and Aries, we had all the, you know, LGBT marriage, Supreme Court ruling, you know, all of the in United States, you know, it was this huge shift and, um, and that and, and transgender and non-binary and it all just, you know, who came out, birthed. And then the, the whole, you know, how I see that the Taurus, Uranus and Taurus is like saying, okay, we have these outrageous, you know, this new uh, way of being and now let's ground that and, and it becomes our value system. It's, it's how we connect with each other in this, this new paradigm. Mm -hmm. And so, and you talk about Venus and gender evolution. So, um, you know, here we are within days of um, about a week from now, a little over a week, Uranus is gonna retrograde and go back till January in, in, a, in a retrograde in that Venus sign. So uh, Venus ruled Taurus. So just wondering, you know, what might, what that might look like. And if you could just talk about that, you know, and Venus's gender evolution. Oh yeah, I have no idea what's coming with Uranus. Uh, yeah, cause I feel like people with Uranus and Aquarius are really feeling it cause it's the Uranus square moment. Um, so, I mean, I do hear a lot of people talking about the need for reparations and uh, wealth redistribution. Uh, especially with people that age, I think that they're actually like actively working on it. Uh, and, uh, you know, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, but I don't know what's coming. Yeah, with Venus, uh, so like Venus and Mars, they're read in opposition to each other because the book, it takes the luminaries and reads it with Saturn and then takes Venus and reads it with Mars, uh, Mercury with Jupiter. So it reads the planets in opposition to right. the planet that rules the sun opposing it. Uh, right. And then with Venus and Mars, like we go into gender and like my assumption when researching that was, oh, like we're gonna talk about sexuality, but then like, that's not what happened. Like I found out, well, gender, it's not really made to talk about individual experience. It's actually made to talk about war. Uh, and then, so I was, finding like, oh man, like, you know, when cities, they're under siege, when they're like, you know, they're gendered, they become really gendered. Um, so the Venus stuff, like it, yeah, it talks about gender, but it's mostly about like the difference between like civil society and then uh, like the state of exception. So it's really talking about the border. Like that's what the Venus and Mars chapter is talking about. Uh, and that's why it's called power. Uh, yeah, power, it functions through gender, but also through the border. And then they're kind of like maintained in similar ways. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the Venus and Mars stuff. Wow, fascinating. I love that. What other, uh, any other uh, potent conversations you wanna, I love that word you used on this, like potent conversations, because um, um, they are. I mean, any one of these is like a deep rabbit hole. So this book is, gives you like a hundred rabbit holes. To, yeah, I mean, I, I can see your book being like a required reading and, you know, Kepler College and like all these places that are teaching astrology now. You know, we have this outrageous renaissance of, of, of um, of knowledge, you know, and, and astrology being rekindled and, and rediscovered by the masses. And um, it's I just true. think it's just such a, because we're at that pivotal point, because it's, it's as, as a result of this whole colonialist fabric being toppled, you know, and then here's your, your book comes along. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh my God, it's, this is mm -hmm. like required. I just feel it's like essential reading. I think everybody needs to 
to see this. And, and what, a, what better time, because we're in the, our Gemini Sagittarius eclipse axis with the North Node in Gemini is like, hey, we have to be open to new experiences. We, it's important for the collective evolution to see things differently and to open up our minds, you know, and, and check out other points of view that are not the ones that we, you know, grew up with or, or just want to hang on to. So uh, this yeah. is like, it's perfect. Cool. Yeah. I mean, God, thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, sorry, you asked a question, but I can't remember it. Actually. Oh, no, I can't either. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm just saying, um, the, the potent conversations. Yeah, this is just one of many uh, potent conversations. I, I, I really feel obviously very strongly Gen Z and millennials have really jumped on the astrology bandwagon, which is, which is awesome. And oh, yeah, then people are into it. Yeah. And then I'm wondering, you know, like people who are, um, you know, like more my age, you know, <laughs> even though I'm still, I'll always be a kid, you know, that Leo thing, right? Big kid. Um, but, but the, um, I wonder, you know, what might be said to somebody who is um, a baby boomer age, you know, or just somebody who, who had more, you know, where, where do they fit in? Cause that's the population that's aging. You know, and it's like, what what kind of uh, future could they step into? You know, that's that's what I I wonder about. You know, yeah. how how can we bring this to them? Because I mean, this is where the planet's going, whether people like it or not. You know, Pluto's just taking mm -hmm. this stuff down, and we have no say in the matter. You know, <laughs> it's like, sorry, not sorry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that like a lot of people getting into astrology, they look really different from a lot of people who have been doing astrology uh like it's more diverse it's more queer uh so i mean i feel like like you know it's nothing new like queer people have been around forever and then you know people of color have been around forever too uh, so it is something that's contributing to astrology it's something that's changing it but uh contributing to it too um yeah I know I love the work that you are doing, Chani Nicholas, you know, just um, Demetrius with the Queer Astrology Conference and um, Black Astrology Conference. You know, this to me mm -hmm. is like the very, very forefront. Uh, it's a very forefront conversation and it's it's definitely uh, leading. And, and no matter where <coughs> we are in gender or race or whatever, it's like we everyone, it's important that we have to be um, cognizant of that you know wherever we are in that spectrum sexually race you know whatever gender it's just because that is it, it is we're, we're definitely in the unknown you know mm -hmm. and and it's and nobody knows how this is all going to turn out you know yeah, but yeah. um but being in that unknown and just being like i love the fact that you're <coughs> helping it's it's like saying guess what you um we've been under this veil and we didn't even know we were under it. You know, it's like, like, like uh, Terrence McKenna, the great visionary, um, he, he used to say, you know, we're unaware of our own ignorance. Oh, wow. I love that quote. Isn't that cool? Yeah. That is, yeah. I'm going to write it down. And when I read your book, I mean, this is, this is what I became present to. It's like, mm. oh my God, you know, like you, we think that we know all about astrology and, and then you come along. It's like, you're like Toto pulling back the curtain on the wizard is like, guess what? Oh. <laughs> There's this other, you're not aware of. Oh. And like, oh, now I'm seeing astrology through this whole different lens. And it's, 
Oh, cool. Yeah. It's Thanks amazing. for saying that. Cause yeah, I was talking to my partner about how, how I'm so gullible. I'm like, I feel like I'm very embarrassed. <laughs> but in a good way, in a good way. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Hopefully, right. Yeah, you live in New York City. It's like, okay, you don't you can't be you can't be too gullible, right? I see. Get home safe from the somewhere. Yeah. Whatever. Um, no, but yeah. Hey, look, you know, the gullible thing is well, you know. Of course, when all those years I lived in New York, it's like, oh my God, you know, you can't be gullible. You have to be cool because people are going to run you over. But, <laughs> but then we lose something. We lose our humanity and, and our, yeah. our sense of wonder and our heart and our curiosity yeah. because we have to be like cool. Oh, I'm very gullible. That's my Murphy and Pisces. Yeah. <laughs> I, know I, I relate. I, I don't have Mercury and Pisces, but um, mm -hmm. I definitely, um, I always want to, you know, give people the, benefit of the doubt and you know yeah right yeah yeah but it does give um it keeps doors open and and opens doors and how are we going to evolve if we're not on some level gullible or if you want to even the word That's has true. like such a bad connotation you know <laughs> gullible, oh my god this guy's an idiot you know <laughs> it's like no no but um anyway yeah. So what do you see for the future? I'm just, are you, are you, um, you're just needing to take a break from having written this book, but maybe not. I mean, I don't know. Just, just curious. If, do you have any ideas for other oh. books or are you, um, you know, what, what's going on without anything in that, in that direction? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I have some ideas that I would love to make into books. Uh, I'm doing a class this month called writing astrology. I'm excited for that because I feel like that's where like a lot of people find a sense of creativity with astrology is like writing because it's a language. Uh, so we're reshaping astrology when we use it. And part of that is through writing. Uh, so I, yeah, I'm excited to do that course with people. Uh, but I mean, mostly just kind of hanging out for the summer, like uh, taking it easy. Yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh, I, I wrote a book about seven, eight years ago, and I know mm -hmm. how much effort it took me a year to write the book. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you definitely want to chill. And I'm sure you'll be I have a feeling you'll you'll be writing more. But tell us more about this course. And um, if they're mm -hmm. if they go to the Alice Sparkly Cat dot com mm -hmm. um, and then that Alice and then Sparkly S-P-A-R-K-L-Y cat K-A-T dot com. And is there a, um, they can uh, sign up for that, the course? I love that idea, writing, writing your story. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's, I mean, it's astrology, it's autobiography, it's delineations, horoscopes. So that's basically what we're working on, but uh, the class is actually full. Uh, so I don't have a sign up link. I'm going to run it again and maybe make it into a video series, but I'm not sure what that looks like right now, but. Yeah, that's just why I'm excited on personally. Yeah. Maybe so maybe a few months down the road you'll be offering it again. Yeah, yeah, hopefully, yeah. And then pe people could always just contact you and you can stay in touch mm -hmm. with them and do exactly. You have yeah, if you sign up for my mailing list, you'll be the first ones to know about uh, like you know when the when the course opens up again. Cool. So they can just jump on your website and add right. their name to the mailing list and keep, exactly. keep on, on top yeah. of that. Excellent. Oh, that's wonderful. So, um, yeah, I appreciate you being on with us and giving us your time, Alice. Um, no, thank so you. Grateful. 
Yeah, same. Very grateful for you, like hanging out with me for a little bit, like talking and talking to me. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. So, um, anything else before we wrap up? Anything? Any closing? Um, any closing shares or anything you want to say? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, the book it's out. You can order my website. There'll be an audio link or audio book out too. So I'm gonna link it like pretty soon. I just have to edit my website, but like, um, yeah, that's it. Oh, neat! An audio book. That's so cool. Oh yeah, yeah, yay! Audio. So yeah. Can, if they're writing in their car or whatever, or they right. prefer to hear rather than read. Yeah, if you're blind, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You take care of everyone. That's what's so cool about you. It's always about, you know, humanity. And, and um, yeah, you know, this is definitely part of this, the astrology. I think you are a huge pillar in this astrology revival with this book. So, um really really grateful to to all the communities all of humanity not just BIPOC and, and LGBT but you know everybody we're just all exploring these new concepts from from different um positions and it's just um it's incredible so yeah I'm very grateful for you and I'm sure I yeah. speak for many people who say that so well, thank you yay as the Leo says <laughs> Thank you so much for coming to the show and and, oh, and thank hey, you. any other new things you got coming on you are always welcome back and I'd love to hear um, all of us you know what you're next up to so we'll stay in touch. Ooh, and, uh, yeah, please yeah. do. We'll do that. <laughs> so all right, my dear. Well, um, mm -hmm. I will. Um, I guess we'll just yeah we'll leave it like that for now. And um, everybody, thank you so much for all all for listening um yeah i'm gonna be coming i'm gonna be doing the new moon very very short the next episode will be the new moon in leo of course my favorite lunation um but uh until then um we just wish everybody the best and um lots of fun and joy and um and just be a big kid you know it's still leo season we're in the thick of it so uh be outrageous be creative and um shine shine our light so and with that, I bid everyone adieu until the next time. Uh, this is Irliana Samsara, Star Sound Astrology, Star Sound Speaks. Thank you all so much for listening. Take care now. See you next time. <laughs>